Life is a Dream by Pedro Calderon de la Barca Translated by Edward Fitzgerald, 1809-1883 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Basilio, King of Poland Read by Algie Pug Sigismund, son of King Basilio, read by Shakewell. Astolfo, his nephew, read by Matthew Rees. Estrella, Basilio's niece, read by Christine. Clotaldo, a general in Basilio's service, read by Alan Mapstone. Rosaura, a Muscovite lady, read by Avaii. Fife, her attendant, read by Son of the Exiles. The Chamberlain, read by Andrew James. Lord in Waiting, read by Todd. Captain, read by AMB Suite 13. Soldier 1, read by Todd. Soldier 2, read by Sonia. Stage Directions read by Adrian Stevens. Act 1. Scene 1. A pass of rocks over which a storm is rolling away and the sun setting. In the foreground, halfway down, a fortress. Enter first from the topmost rock, Rosora, as from horseback, in man's attire, and after her, Fife. There, four-footed fury, blast engendered brute, without the wit of brute, or mouth to match the bit of man-art satisfied at last? Who, when thunder rolled aloof, toward the spheres of fire your ears, pricking and the granite kicking into lightning with your hoof, among the tempest-shattered crags, shattering your luckless rider back into the tempest past? There then lie to starve and die, or find another phaeton, mad mettled as yourself. For I, wearied, worried, and foredone, alone will down the mountain try, that knits his brows against the sun. Five. As to his mule. There, thou misbegotten thing, long-eared lightning, tail, tornado, griffin hoof in hurricane, I might swear till I were almost hoarse with roaring assonante, who forsooth, because our betters would begin to kick and fling, you forthwith your noble mind must prove and kick me off behind, toward the very centre whither gravity was most inclined, there where you have made your bed, in it lie for wet or dry, let what will for me betide you, burning, blowing, freezing, hailing. Famine waste you, devil ride you, tempest best you, black and blue. To Rosora. There I think in downright railing I can hold my own with you. Ah, my good fife, whose merry loyal pipe, come weal, come woe, is never out of tune. What, you in the same plight too? Ah, and madam, sir, hereby desire, when you your own adventures sing, 
another time in lofty rhyme you don't forget the trusty squire who went with you don quixoting well my good fellow too leave pegasus who scarce can serve us than our horses worse they say no one should rob another of the single satisfaction he has left of singing his own sorrows one so great so says some great philosopher that trouble were worth encountering only for the sake of weeping over what perhaps you know some poet calls the luxury of woe had i the poet all philosopher in the place of her that kicked me off to ride i'd test his theory upon his hide but no bones broken madam sir i mean a scratch here that a handkerchief will heal and you a scratching quiddity or kind but not in quo my wounds are all behind but as you say to stop this strain which somehow once one's in the vein comes clattering after there again what are we twain just take it we too i mean to do drenched through and through oh i shall choke of rhymes which i believe are all that we shall have to live on here what is our victual gone too ah that brute has carried all we had away with her clothing and kate and all and now the sun our only friend and guide about to sink under the stage of earth and enter night with capi espado and pray heaven with butter lanthorn also ah i doubt to-night if any with a dark one or almost burnt out after a month's consumption well well or ill on horseback or afoot this is the gate that lets me into poland and sorry welcome as she gives a guest who writes his own arrival on her rocks in his own blood yet better on her stony threshold die than live on unrevenged in muscovy oh what a soul some women have i mean some men oh fife fife as you love me fife make yourself perfect in that little part or all will go to ruin oh i will please god we find some one to try it on but truly would not any one believe some fairy had exchanged us as we lay two tiny foster children in one cradle well be that as it may fife it reminds me of what perhaps i should have thought before but better late than never you know i love you as you i know love me and loyally have followed me thus far in my wild venture well now then having seen me safe thus far safe if not wholly sound over the rocks into the country where my business lies why should not you return the way we came the storm all cleared away and leaving me who now shall want you though not thank you less now that our horse is gone this side the ridge find your way back to dear old home again while i come come what weeping my poor fellow leave you here alone 
my lady, lord, I mean my lord, in a strange country, among savages? Oh, now I know, you would be rid of me, for fear my stumbling speech. Oh, no, no, no. I want you with me for a thousand sakes, to which that is as nothing. I myself more apt to let the secret out myself, without your help at all. Come, come, cheer up, and if you sing again, come weal, come woe, let it be that, for we will never part until you give the signal. Tis a bargain. Now to begin, then, follow, follow me, you fairy elves that be. I and go on, something of following darkness like a dream, for that we are after. No, after the sun, trying to catch hold of his glittering skirts that hang upon the mountains as he goes. I he's himself past catching, as you spoke. He heard what you were saying, and just so, like some scared water bird, as we say in my country, dove below. Well, we must follow him as best we may. Poland is no great country, and, as rich in man and means, will but few acres spare to lie beneath her barrier mountains bare. We cannot, I believe, be very far from mankind or their dwellings. Seeing it so, and well provided for man, woman, and beast, no, not for beast, ah, but my heart begins to yearn for her. Keep close, and keep your feet from serving you as hers did. As for beasts, in default of other entertainment, we should provide them with ourselves to eat. Bears, lions, wolves. Oh, never fear. Or else, default of other beast, beastlier men, cannibals, anthropophagy, bear poles, who never knew a tailor, but by taste. Look, look, unless my fancy misconceive with twilight down among the rocks there, five, some human dwelling, surely, or think you but a rock torn from the rocks in some convulsion like today's and perched quaintly among them in mock masonry? Most likely that, I doubt. No, no, for look, a square of darkness opening in it. Oh, I don't have like such openings. Like the loom of night from which she spins her outer gloom. Lord, madam, pray forbear this tragic vein in such a time and place. And now again, within that square of darkness, look, a light that feels its way with hesitating pulse, as we do through the darkness that it drives to blacken into deeper night beyond. In which could we follow that light's example, as might some English Badolf with his nose, we might defy this sunset. Hark! A chain! And now a lamp, a lamp, and now the hand that carries it. Oh, Lord, 
that dreadful chain. And now the bearer of the lamp, indeed, as strange as any in Arabian tale, so giant-like and terrible and grand, spite of the skin he's wrapped in. Why, tis his own, or oh, tis some wild man of the woods. I've heard they build and carry torches. Never ape bore such a brow before the heavens as that, chained as you say too. Oh, that dreadful chin! And now he sets the lamp down by his side, and with one hand clenched in his tangled hair, and with a sigh as if his heart would break. During this, Sigismund has entered from the fortress with a torch. Once more the storm has roared itself away, splitting the crags of God as it retires, but sparing still what it should only blast this guilty piece of human handiwork and all that are within it. Oh, how oft, how oft, within or here abroad, have I waited and in the whisper of my heart prayed for the slanting hand of heaven to strike the blow myself I dare not, out of fear of that hereafter, worse, they say, than here. Plunged headlong in, but till dismissal waited to wipe at last all sorrows from men's eyes and make this heavy dispensation clear. Thus have I borne till now, and still endure, crouching in sullen impotence day by day, till some such outburst of the elements like this rouses the sleeping fire within, and standing thus upon the threshold of another night, about to close the door upon one wretched day, to open it on one yet wretcheder because one more, once more, you savage heavens, I ask of you, I, looking up to those relentless eyes, that now the greater lamp is gone below, begin to muster in the listening skies. In all the shining circuits you have gone about this theater of human woe, what greater sorrow have you gazed upon than down this narrow chink you witness still, and which did you yourselves not? For devise, you registered for others to fulfill. This is some laureate at a birthday ode. No wonder we went rhyming. Hush! And now, see, starting to his feet, he strides about far as his tethered steps. And if the chain you helped to rivet round me did contract since guiltless infancy from guilt in act, of what in aspiration or in thought guilty, but in resentment of the wrong that wrecks revenge on wrong I never wrought, by excommunication from the free inheritance that all created life besides myself is borne too from the wings that range your own immeasurable blue, down to the poor mute scale imprisoned things that yet are free to wander, glide, and pass about that under sapphire, whereinto yourselves transfusing you yourselves in glass. What mystery is this? Why, the man's mad. That's all the mystery. That's why he's chained. And why? Nor nature's guiltless life alone, but that which lives on blood and rapine, nay, chartered with larger liberty to slay their guiltless kind, the tyrants of the air soar zenith upward with their screaming prey, making pure heaven drop blood upon the stage of under-earth, 
where lion, wolf, and bear, and they that on their treacherous velvet wear, figure and constellation like your own, with their still living slaughter bound away over the barriers of the mountain cage against which one, blood guiltless, and endued with aspiration and with aptitude, transcending other creatures, day by day beats himself mad with unavailing rage. Why, that must be the meaning of my mule's rebellion. Hush! But then, if murder be the law by which not only conscience-blind creatures, but man too prospers with his kind, who, leaving all his guilty fellows free, under your fatal auspice and divine compulsion, leagued in some mysterious ban against one innocent and helpless man, abuse their liberty to murder mine, and sworn to silence like their masters mute in heaven, and like them twirling through the mask of darkness, answering to all I ask, point up to them whose work they execute. Even as I thought some poor unhappy wretch, by man wronged, wretched, unrevenged, as I, nay, so much worse than I, as by those chains clipped of the means of self-revenge on those who lay on him what they deserve, and I who taunted heaven a little while ago with pouring all its wrath upon my head, alas, like him who caught a cast-off husk of what another bragged of feeding on, here's one that from the refuse of my sorrows could gather all the banquet he desires. Poor soul, poor soul. Speak lower, he will hear you. And if he should, what then? Why, if he would, he could not harm me. Nay, and if he could, methinks I'd venture something of a life I care so little for. Who's that? Clotaldo? Who are you, I say, that, venturing in these forbidden rocks, have lighted on my miserable life and your own death? You would not hurt me, surely? Not I, but those that, iron as the chain in which they slay me with a lingering death, will slay you with a sudden. Who are you? a stranger from across the mountain there, who, having lost his way in this strange land, and coming night, drew hither to what seemed a human dwelling hidden in these rocks, and where the voice of human sorrow soon told him it was so. I, But nearer, nearer, that by this smoky supplement of day, but for a moment I may see who speaks so pitifully sweet. Take care, take care. Alas, poor man, that I, myself so helpless, could better help you than by barren pity, and my poor presence... Oh, might that be all! But that, a few poor moments, and alas, the very bliss of having, and a dread of losing, under such a penalty as ever moments having, runs more near, stifles the very utterance and resource they cry for quickest, till from sheer despair of holding thee, methinks myself would tear to pieces! There. His words enough for it. Oh, think, if you who move about at will, and live in sweet communion with your kind, after an hour lost in these lonely rocks, hunger and thirst, after some human voice to drink, and human face to feed upon, what must one do where all is mute or harsh, and e'en the naked face of cruelty were better than the mask it works beneath? Across the mountain, then, across the mountain! What if the next world which they tell one of be only next across the mountain, then? Though I must never see it till I die. And you, one of its angels. Alas, 
alas, no angel, and the face you think so fair tis but the dismal framework of these rocks that makes it seem so, and the world I come from, alas, alas, too many faces there are but fair visors to black hearts below, or only serve to bring the wearer woe. But to yourself, if haply the redress that I am here upon may help to yours, I heard you tax the heavens with ordering, and men for executing, what, alas, I now behold. But why, and who they are, who do, and you who suffer? Sigismund, pointing upwards. Ask of them, whom, as to-night, I have so often asked, and asked in vain. But surely, surely... Hark! The trumpet of the watch to shut us in! Oh, should they find you! Quick, behind the rocks! Tomorrow! If tomorrow... Rosora, flinging her sword toward him. Take my sword! Rosora and Fife hide in the rocks. Enter Clotaldo. These stormy days you like to see the last of are but ill opiates, Sigismund, I think, for night to follow, and to-night you seem more than your wont disordered. What? A sword? Within there! Enter soldiers with black visors and torches. Here is a pleasant masquerade. Whosoever watch this was will have to pay head-reckoning. Meanwhile, this weapon had a wearer. Bring him here, dead or alive. Clotaldo, good Clotaldo. Clotaldo, to soldiers who enclose Sigismund, others searching the rocks. You know your duty. Soldiers bringing in Rosora and Fife. Here are two of them. Whoever more to follow. Who are you that in defiance of known proclamation are found at nightfall too about this place? Or my lord, she, I mean, he. Silence, Fife, and let me speak for both. Two foreign men to whom your country and its proclamations are equally unknown, and had we known, ourselves not masters of our lawless beasts, that, terrified by the storm among your rocks, flung us upon them to our cost. My mule. Foreigners? Of what country? Muscovy. And whither bound? Hither, if this be Poland, but with no ill design on her, and therefore taking it ill that we should thus be stopped upon her threshold so uncivilly. Whither in Poland? To the capital. And on what errand? Set me on the road and you shall be nearer to my answer. Clotaldo aside. So resolute and ready to reply, and yet so young and... Aloud. Well, your business was not surely with the man we found you with. He was the first we saw. And strangers and benighted as we were, as you too would have done in a like case, accosted him at once. Aye, but this sword... I flung it towards him. Well, and why? And why? But to revenge himself on those who thus injuriously misuse him. So, so, so. 
"'Tis well such resolution wants a beard, "'and, I suppose, is never to attain one. "'Well, I must take you both, you and your sword, prisoners.' Fife, offering a cudgel. "'Pray take mine and welcome, sir. "'I'm sure I gave it to that mule of mine.' To mighty little purpose. Mine you have, and may it win us some more kindliness than we have met with yet. Clotaldo, examining the sword. More mystery. How came you by this weapon? From my father. And do you know whence he? Oh, very well. From one of this same Polish realm of yours, who promised a return, should come the chance, of courtesies that he received himself in Muscovy, and left this pledge of it. Not likely yet, it seems, to be redeemed. Clotaldo, aside. Oh, wondrous chance, or wondrous providence. The sword that I myself in Muscovy, when these white hairs were black, for keepsake left of obligation for a like return to him who saved me, wounded as I lay, fighting against his country. Took me home, tended me like a brother till recovered, perchance to fight against him once again, and now my sword put back into my hand by his, if not his son, still as so seeming by me as first to vow of gratitude to seem believing till the wearer's self see fit to drop the ill-dissembling mask aloud well a strange turn of fortune has arrested the sharp and sudden penalty that else had visited your rashness or mischance in part your tender youth too pardon me and touch not where your sword is not to answer commend you to my care not your life only else by this misadventure forfeited but even your errand which by happy chance chimes with the very business i am on and calls me to the very point you aim at the capital ay the capital and even that capital of capitals the court where you may plead and i may promise win pardon for this you say unwilling trespass and prosecute what else you have at heart with me to help you forward all i can provided all in loyalty to those to whom by natural allegiance i first am bound to as you make i take your offer with like promise on my side of loyalty to you and those you serve, and the like reservation for regards nearer and dearer still. Enough, enough. Your hand, a bargain on both sides. Meanwhile, here shall you rest tonight. The break of day shall see us both together on the way. Thus, then, what I for misadventure blamed directly draws me where my wish is aimed. Excellent. 